What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Real Sports Science Podcast. My name is David, PhD student at Loughborough University. And I'm Matt, head strength and conditioning coach within rugby. David, what are we doing here today? Yeah, good question, Matt. Well, we started this podcast to share the highs and the lows of our journey as we start careers as sports science practitioners. That's right. And we are excited for all of you to be following us side by side through the mud, sweat and non-paying volunteer (laughs) roles. Yeah, Matt, that that sounds personal, but it's not just us. We've got some amazing guests that come onto the podcast as well, including sports scientists, practitioners, athletes, coaches. We'll be getting their perspective and learning from their experiences to help us grow in our current careers as well as in our current roles. Yeah, that's right. So, hey, if that's up your alley or you just want to come and learn alongside us, we'd love to have you come along. So whether for the first time or not, welcome to the RSS podcast. Let's go. Welcome back to the Real Sports Science Podcast <laughs> for uh, the roundup episode of our first series, Wintering. Can't believe it. First episode done already. But before we get into that, quick catch up with the fellas. How you doing, Matt? How's your week been? Yeah, decent. Um, it's Christmas time, so I've been eating a bunch of crap and feeling guilty about it. <laughs> oh, no. That and could I'm be a, a whole other series. I'm, uh, looking after, um, I'm looking after a farm as well. Whilst, um, you're on a some, farm yeah so family friends have gone away not my family friends yeah but um <laughs> i'm on a farm i don't have friends this this high up um <laughs> but no so I'm, I'm looking after a farm they've got f- three dogs three cats five horses two two pigs so so you're you're literally staying on a farm right now yeah i'm a stable boy oh i was carrying bits of hay shoveling crap so um, <laughs> so are you up at like 6 a.m milking the oh, cows and stuff trying to milk yeah the person i'm with is just wondering matt stop milking the horses but isn't this how we get milk <laughs> um, come nah, back to, to be fair, black eyes what happened well, to be fair when those things apparently you're not meant to run and i didn't know that because i see them charging from like the bottom of the hill and i'm there like oh crap here they come and i'm running i get a shout like don't run you'll they'll want to run after you more so i just stood still i was like there and these things just come charging and i'm there like and then they go <laughs> all these noises i'm there like panicking they're big big bloody things but um how long are you how long are you taking care of that for five days so i'm tomorrow's my last day sound that's sweet yeah it's and what are you doing work. for what are you doing for christmas Oh, oh we should mention once once this episode comes out, actually, it'll be after Christmas because it'll be next Tuesday. It'll be the twenty sixth. So ho- hopefully, everyone had a great Christmas. But Matt, what did you do for Christmas? <laughs> no, I already. I'm already manifesting. I already got a Bentley for Christmas. So uh, <laughs> if you see me around, I'll, I'll have a Bentley. Um, nah, what am I? I'm, I'm just spending time with family. You know, the standard, nothing, nothing too special. I miss the uni days where, um, obviously it would, sorry, let me just move myself backwards. There's about 20 animals that I've got to watch out for. So (laughs) you got to have like throw on the reverse lights. Beep, beep. So you're not, I can't, I can't see anything. Is there a dog, a cat? Yeah. Yeah. It's a dog. They've got both. Yeah. They've got a cat called Dave. They got there. Can you see, can you see Roger? (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh, roger roger, roger and roger. dave <laughs> you want to say something no nothing from roger so nothing <laughs> sounds like me on the podcast nothing <laughs> adds from nothing roger. um but yeah so they've got a cat called dave another cat called petunia yeah anyways 
lots of stuff. But um, holy socks! So family yeah. time. Are you in Kent? Are you still yes, in Kent yes, then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah still. What about you? What nice. have you got planned? I'm off to Germany tomorrow. So we're, yeah, recording this. What day is it? Tuesday. Yeah. So I'm off to Germany tomorrow from the 20th to the 29th. Um, yeah. So family out there. My mom's in Germany as well, visiting from Canada. Left my dad and my brother to fend for themselves back home in Canada. So that'll be fun, though, because she'll be there. So we'll spend Christmas together. That'll be good. <clears throat> and then back here for New Year's, which will be fun as well. Yeah. Looking forward to a break, though. I don't know. How's your last few weeks been, like, at work? Is it is it just manic it's, before yeah, Christmas? Yeah. or is it? It's, it's always weird it... that it's manic, isn't it? It's never, like, you think everyone's like, oh, okay, like, let's just you know sort of coming to the end of the slowing down no it's never that it's let's get flipping everything done and we need it all done now um yeah 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 then you come back to you've had all year it's trying to mend the pieces that you broke trying to do it all in one day (laughs) so it's like there's no point i know yeah it's been nice on campus the last little while like the last couple weeks because everyone starts to leave so you can actually go to the gym at like 5 p.m. and oh, move around. In the I gym. don't miss that. The the equipment at Loughborough oh. is top tier, second to none. But yeah. unless you're an elite athlete, it is a bull lake trying to go to that gym. Well, especially if you're going at like 5 usually, p.m. Usually I go in the morning when it opens and then it's fine. Mm. But if you're trying to go at 5.30 and like you, there's queues for everything, it's insane. It's an absolute it's, jungle. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The like leading up to Christmas, the last couple of weeks, it's just been a dream because you can go in at five and actually yeah. like work out, which is really nice. So nah, that's what you love to yeah. see. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, that's the one good thing about the holidays. But um, yeah, finished off our first. Oh, was there something else I was going to say? I forget. Moving on. How many times? <laughs> speaking of forgetting, how many times did we forget a question with Jack? <laughs> oh so many i mean I'm, i think might have uh the fact that it was like nine at night or nearly ten at night or the fact yeah. that to be fair we just had so many questions the bloody kids done so much so we were just like wait hold on you you mentioned three different instances <laughs> there we've got 10 questions yeah. for each of those instances yeah it was when you said it was when you were like so i have a question it says the question you're like but actually that's the second question yeah, I, have a, yeah. I have a question I'm going to tell you second that I want you to answer first. I have two questions for you. I'm asking the second one first and the first one second. (laughs) Um, But to be fair, you try to figure that out and get back to us. (laughs) We learned a lot from what, uh, from all the different sports. Like just going back to one thing I mentioned, are we, are we starting the summary now? Are we starting the, start the summary, start the summary. Yeah. Let's get into it. Yeah. Let's get into it. I mean, I've got it here. Like the quote I used as the initial thoughts was wintering essentially means both. Wintering is essentially the recovery of a big adventure, such as Ross Edgley, the rehab and general preparation to reach a state where you can ramp up training volume for the next adventure. Or some people use wintering to essentially ramp up training to a point in which they can reach peak performance. This most likely takes place in the winter months before summer sports, such as athletics. So essentially, I remember our initial thoughts going from that was, you're either ramping up to peak or you're recuperating. I know I threw that word out a lot, recuperating. But then we were wondering, is it the same for each sport? Is it yeah. the same? Like as a coach, do you want that to be the same 
is it the same in every sport as a coach as an athlete what it has a different practitioner what are you looking for and we went for some pretty not pretty normal sports i'd say some pretty rogue ones there was no football there was no rugby um there was football what are you talking about <laughs> there was no football and no rugby right um but you know we we got all all best or interesting ends of the spectrum i'd say in the sense it was like, cool because yeah yeah we got we individual got sport. three totally different yeah yeah it's totally different side of the spectrum yeah go ahead yeah we got yeah. individual sport, Individ- yeah athletics mm-hmm. olympics right olympic athletics uh we got a team sport nfl you know american football and then we got army which isn't a sport but it encapsulates all of those sports so you know we got the trifecta of um physical exertion so that was pretty yeah. cool um and yeah yeah what, and what i guess your i initial- guess like the arm yeah the army one was like the closest one because like you mentioned ross edgley and i guess wintering has a different i guess when you're like it like he is of more of like an adventurer you know you know what i mean so like the wintering is more just like training in winter and it's not really an off season so that's i guess that has that had more similarities i would say to our talk with julian where Mm. it was like because he talked about the mental resiliency you know that he's like actually it's good that we don't change anything in the winter because that's building you know the guy's mental resiliency because now it's he said minus 10 it doesn't get minus 10 in the uk come on but uh maybe it does like maybe it does where he is because we don't know where he is undisclosed (laughs) location submarine somewhere (laughs) yeah yeah so maybe it does get minus 10 but it's like that was funny he was like yeah so obviously we don't want our soldiers waking up in the morning to go do do some some like uh what is it called when they go oh some mission and it mission and it's like minus 10 they're just like mm, don't feel like it oh well when they d- get yeah. deployed when they get yeah, deployed yeah. somewhere and then they're like <laughs> they're like there yeah. and it's like guys it's too cold we'll wait till it gets summer like, oh, yeah just like sipping their warm hot chocolate just waiting <laughs> for it to heat up <laughs> yeah just screams from the outside and they're like well, i'm not going out there until it gets a couple of degrees five more minutes five more minutes yeah yeah, yeah. it's not ready yet so i guess but, that um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So that was interesting to hear like that perspective because I guess that's the closest that we got to talking to someone like Ross Edgley of like wintering in the aspect of just training in the winter and kind of building that mental resiliency. Um, but I thought I from 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 Kate and also last thing with Julian as well. It was just awesome to learn about the army because I had no idea going into that. I think we chatted about that afterwards of like went in there with like not preconceptions, but kind of pre just like I thought it was different or I didn't even know that like civilian jobs like his existed. I thought he was like part of the military, but I didn't realize he's a civilian. So like us, which was cool. Um, yeah. And did you have anything else on, on, Ju- on Julian's? No, I think it was, it was surprising. Cause I always thought like, as a military, you get this. I've only ever thought my thought process from the military sort of aspect of it was the off season. There is there an off season? Okay, the off there's two types of training. You get one training ready for deployment. Two, you've got your off season. That's what I thought going into it. And then I thought hell week just assesses where you are. But what was interesting was the fact that he said no, there's no off season. The only thing yeah. changes is the environment. The other, the rest of the training stays the same. We need them to be the best 
prepared for any time. So I'm reading my notes. They have to be ready for deployment at any time. They get tracked consistently through trial tests, not once a year, but mm-hmm. every like what every stage of tra- or every um, cycle of training, they get tested just to see if they're hitting their KPIs or hitting their markers. And then the other thing that was very interesting is like you, there's no off season where it's it's not a convenient off season where we're gonna work yeah. on reducing your sprint time. No, this off season or this time period where you're gonna be spent training you're ready for deployment. You have to, whilst you're being ready for deployment, you have to be ready in every aspect. We're talking strength. We're talking aerobic, anaerobic endurance. We're talking repeated sprint ability. We're talking lower body strength, lower body power, lower body endurance capacity, you know? So I guess though, I guess though it's different because they need to be at a level at which allows them to do their job, which, Mm. which I wonder what that level is because I think with sports or especially like performance sports, you need to be the best or you're striving to be the best in this one specific area. So obviously you can't also be the fastest and the strongest and this and this and that. Whereas I wonder, at least in that stage of, of the army where it's like new recruits and just coming in, I wonder if like, and maybe it's different the further you further up you go, obviously, but it's like there's benchmarks that we need to hit but those benchmarks aren't like the at the level of the individual benchmarks that you would see for maybe performance sport. Yeah. And I and I guess like again we talk about peaking a lot, but I think that's and I think sometimes I think in that chat with Julian I got caught in in just having that idea of like when do they peak? When do they peak? When is their off season? All this kind of stuff where it's like they're not peaking they're just just have to be they just need to be in good shape all throughout the year or at most times of the year they just have to make sure they met the desired targets and then they're fine essentially as long as so it's like a different it's a different way of yeah it's like a different way of kind of i guess thinking about um like you say yeah these kpis and we need to meet them Mm. but it's not like we're peaking you for you know this weekend in july yeah yeah so and then that's one that's one thing that i thought of yeah go ahead and then so following from that we had i know we're not doing this in chronological order which may be annoying for some of you but following on from that we had like the research paper so yes one thing we learned about was the self-efficacy and the fact that it can go up and down during the winter months and i think my first thought was if it was going to go up or like when it was going to go up or down sorry in the sense like is it going to be crappy and then go better or is it going to mm-hmm. go better and then go down and it was interesting to see that we saw it go down and that could have been like an adherence to the program could have dropped due to boredom the same four walls as an athlete you're always um as an athlete you're used to in season you're used to always getting quick feedback what's it called um, like quick response to how well you're doing you get your time and you get that yeah. or you're in a different environment then next week you're in a different as a rugby player you're in different stadiums or, or different fields uh, football players same concept and hockey same concept but like athletics you're sort of in different environments or always in the outdoors whereas during this winter month or off season in fact you're seeing the same walls and you're doing the same things yeah. you're not getting that you're not getting that reward system the only reward you're getting mm-hmm. is if your weights go up and usually if you're at that top one top one percent 
you rarely see your weights get go up even more. Mm. Um, yeah, and Kate mentioned that as well, right? She said after mm. kind of that, if you're doing four three-week blocks in that 12, 12 week kind of off season and you're in that third week where you've or you're sorry you're in that third block where now you're trying to work on some really technical things in your jump or or in your event whether it's i mean she was a pole vault coach so pole vaulting but i'm i'm it's probably similar in a lot of events that are very technical you're trying to work on your technique and technical aspects but also you have the the buildup of fatigue from the last six weeks that are just hammering you. And then, so now all of a sudden your performance or what you would deem as your performance is going down. Um, At least that's what it might seem like. And I thought it was interesting that that paper showed that I actually self, what was it? Um, uh, Effort that perceived effort went down as the off season went on. I thought that was interesting. I think one thing we mentioned when we did talk about that paper was, was it was too bad that they didn't have any, any kind of measure of performance, at least like in the gym to see like is to see that is, is perceived effort going down, but what's happening to like the objective scale, like is, are they are lifting they, actually more weights? Yeah. Like, are they getting faster? And so I guess just to kind of tease out is that, is that um or like the imbalance between their perceived effort to what they're actually doing or what their actual output is from like a from a perf- like performance kind of aspect in the gym yeah and, and i think another big part of that was as you said like their perceived effort that was going down but is it getting easier like are they on the same program right. which is the same reps and sets and actually the yeah. effort's gone down because it's getting easier because their body's used to that stimulus or have they just found loopholes do you know i remember we were going <laughs> yeah talking about that yeah like yeah cheats where you're like i'm gonna blast it and then this one i'm gonna you know like say you're doing a rep of tempos that middle tempo you're like oh, i know i've got three more i'll take these next two easy and then the last two i'll go hell for leather on so yeah then it's like oh, yeah did i was my effort that much no probably not but that's because you know i know what was yeah. coming i'm used to this stimulus and or or is there or is there self-perceived effort going down just to uh, throw another cog in the wheel um that because they are fatigued so their performance or their their i guess rating of their performance is going down like say they're maybe they're lifting a little bit heavier but it just every session feels so heavy they feel slow and so it doesn't really matter what the numbers say in the moment they're saying I'm not trying hard because obviously like it's so hard and I can't push myself as much as I think I should. So is that, is that why self um, self perceived efforts going down? Yeah. I don't know. And I think, and I think like going now on to sort of like the sports difference between Jack and uh, Kate um, was that, Kate seemed like, as you said, she was working on technical more and maybe using the off-season because she rarely has an off-season to sort of recuperate in some things. like let those little niggles die down Um, as well as, you know, experiencing different nutritional and mental uh, changes. So and we sort of had a conversation with Jack and he sort of said the same when the boys go off in uh, winter. Mm. They're still. It's it's hard because they're, they're obviously 
let me just sorry one of the dogs is snoring and it's put me off because i was like can you guys hear that um because all i can hear is and i'm there like i wonder if they can hear that anyways that's thrown me off but yeah so let me get back on my train of thought so kate was using this time to recuperate the little time she has and we sort of spoke to jack and we were like what what sort of changes did the boys experience when they go off because they go off by themselves and uh sort of they do their off season because they're obviously not with Jack. But mm. one thing we found was that Kate uses it as a chance to recuperate and it's sort of on her in athletics. Mm. We found it was a lot on her. Obviously the coaches would prescribe, but it doesn't, obviously it's an individual sport. So there was not that team factor. Whereas the boys were able to get around. He said, he said the lads that do stay in the gym or the ones that do train together, there's sort of like a, a collective on how everyone does. If you get me. That's so interesting because, yeah, I do. And I just, I saw it like the to- a different way. I saw it as like, or <laughs> the, <laughs> the difference of like where Kate is with, like as an athlete in athletics, you're with your coach during the off season. So like now she's training her athletes in the off season. Yeah. Um at high pack or like in Loughborough. So they're together where, where Jack in the off season, all of his athletes like go home wherever their home is and they're home for like six weeks or whatever. And they're training by themselves there. So it's the difference. Like we chatted with Jack, like how do you stay connected then? I'm sure we'll get onto that in a little bit. Um, But, but that's totally, totally interesting because you looked at it more from like a team aspect and an individual aspect where I saw it of like they're training away from their team or like away from their coach versus athletics where in the off season you're still training with your coach, but yeah. it's an individual event. Yeah, yeah. So like I guess, yeah, and following from what you said, I guess like she gets one-to-one on her. But like mm-hmm. I remember Jack saying the way he uses it is like Team Builder, which is a, an app that – you know, on there, all the boys plug in their weights. And when he sets challenges, all the boys have to put in their times and it brings that competitive level. And then mm. it's sort of like Kate used that time. Sorry, that, that was the train of thought. Kate used that time to recuperate mm. and get to a stage where she's peaking or she's used that time to recuperate. Whereas Jack said he would want those boys if they needed to recuperate, but also to be at a point where if we ramp up a training intensity for preseason, they're able to withstand that training stimulus that's being imposed on them. So not essentially peaking for that time, but being in a place that they're able to go through that preseason and come out fine instead of coming out there with yeah. little niggles or, you know, so still yeah. maintain. It, it's just like, yeah, I think one thing that I just, I mean, just talking about it now is it's just how different the sports are and the, and the yeah. needs and the, like the, just the intricacies of a sport coming down to like, where are you in the off season? Because I guess for like they for football or the NFL, right? They weren't with their coach for six weeks. They trained by themselves, and then they came back for preseason before the season started. So yeah, like what you said, Jack needed, or the idea was for them to come back to the team in preseason in a way that they could then train hard with the team and handle it. Whereas like in Kate's situation, they were with them for the whole off season, and then the season started. So I guess you can, yeah, it's just, just totally different. Um, I guess how you would then, how you would, uh, how you would program those two different 
I guess, off seasons, whether it's like off season alone and then into preseason with the team or the whole off season. And like, I guess athletics doesn't really have a preseason, you know, mm. comps just start like there's yeah, no, it seems like you're, and, and, and that's one thing we can dive into now is like, we look at say the programming aspect or, Or like not not the program aspect, how they dealt with those off season or winter times. So I remember Kate mentioning how she said training in winter can be hard. She experienced mental and nutritional changes, and one thing she said was like she saw herself put on weight during the winter season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she said training. She said it could be hard. She said one thing that she does is how to deal with that is she hung up her coat when she she'd bring off a take on bloody hell she'd put on her bloody coat and then she'd be like okay it's time to train come home and she'd hang up a coat and that was it that's her it, instantly her mind switched off from training she'd use that as a tactic right oh, she was talking about yeah of like getting through kind of the winter grind yeah yeah, yeah. You, 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 that's what you mean right and like yeah, balancing yeah. those two up yeah yeah and then when we saw in the paper the fact that perceived effort went down and as well with uh, self-efficacy went down so how do you combat that would that have been a point where you switch up the environment that you go to? So if if I'm just speaking to all the individual athletes now that are listening or any of the coaches that are listening during those off seasons, make it fun. So I remember like we in, in preseason when I went to Waikato and I know I don't talk about me going to New Zealand a lot, but um, <laughs> over there, um, hey, it was a great, it was a great learning experience. But no, over there, we, what they did was have mini teams. So they split up the boys into mini teams and then they'd have challenges before every training session to make it more fun so in the gym they had a game of pink table tennis before Mm. and the winners you know and then it all amounts to a prize that you give at the end of the season or during the end of the off season and that could be something or changing the sort of stimulus that you give so if it's you've got four you've got eight weeks it's not just four weeks of one training then a testing week then another three weeks of that same program you switch up the exercises maybe you switch up um the environment maybe you have like a gym set or one day out where you go to a crossfit gym if you're just training as a as a rugby player you're in the same gym maybe you go out and do like a ruck run or something maybe you speak to julian so like that could be a way to combat that sort of self-efficacy self-efficacy or perceived effort as you said you bring in an objective measure as well to make sure that it's not you know maybe your weights are actually going up so maybe it's not actually an internal motivation motivational issue um, yeah. and then as we saw from julian toughen up so that's all we learned from him toughen up it's the winter yeah yeah, they're not (laughs) going to change it if you can't deal with it then you shouldn't be in this sort of environment anyways and then jack said at the end of the day these boys are trying to chase that d1 division one uh uni slash college uh scholarship so it's Mm. sort of that same you're on your own not on your own sorry that's a bad way to put it but you're we've given you the resources and the programs you can use it in your off season whatever state you come back to us, we'll still put you through it. But if your body can't take it, then your body can't take it. And that means you won't be able to shine and show you, give yourself an opportunity to make it to D1. So it is sort of like, right. Even though you're a kid, we, we, you know, so it's like, it's, it's, yeah. it, it's interesting in those different sports or different people we spoke to, how they dealt with the winter blues or, you know, the off season uh, difficulties. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that I noticed, um, that was a theme at least through like through, well, actually all three is, is the communication because um you know in julian's case it was how do you get by and uh in in and then in kate and jack's case it was like how 
how do you keep in touch with athletes and then I guess keep them motivated through that time and you know Kate said that this year she's she's felt like she's done a better job of less being at sessions that she doesn't need to be at maybe and spending more time checking in with athletes seeing how it's going what's working what's not working where where they're at where are they at mentally you know and then jack said the same thing this year he's he's tried more to go into those like quick meetings that he has with athletes that are who knows where and trying to ask more just not have you done it okay awesome videos all right see you later bye but being more like what's going well what's not going well like how are you finding this what's going on you know outside of training and he said so that when they come back to him in the preseason he has an idea of like okay this person was struggling with this or this person had a good off season or this person you know didn't have a good had this going on or whatever um and i guess that kind of comes back to like building culture and we've talked about that it's been like a pretty running theme through the podcast over the last year hasn't it like we had an episode where we talked about building culture but then kind of every few athletes or coaches or just guests that we have on it kind of comes up i know patty talked about it when we talked to ellie we talked to her about as well like culture and what sort of culture like breeds kind of buy-in from players to sports scientists or coaches so I thought that was interesting um, to kind of see that theme kind of being woven through all three of the guests that we had on over the last few weeks. Yeah, and I guess in a more strict approach, I don't know. But in, in what the, the theme I thought as well was you will experience changes over these winter months or this off-season training. Mm. You will experience changes that won't be nice. But what I found is the people that we spoke to, which I know is not 50 or something, it's not a great sample size if you're doing a case study, but the people that we spoke to who work with about 50 people, so in, in fact, we spoke to like maybe 300 people, um, <laughs> they said that... 50 times 3 equals 300. <laughs> well, 50 times 3 times another 3 times another 12 equals around 300. Um, so, uh, no, so like the people we spoke to, I guess... My takeaway from it was you will experience changes. It won't be the mm. easiest time. There's a reason why it's called uh, winter training or it's not, you know, winter. And then it comes with connotations of grimy, snowy, cold, wet, you know, yeah. it's it's yeah. something that every athlete will experience. And it, I feel like the way they reflected on it was it's not going to be the easiest time, but it's going to be the time that you've got to get through. And we look at yeah. the people we spoke to. They're the ones that say, Hey, she, how many winter seasons or off seasons she went through? She was an mm. Olympic athlete. Julian, he's training the hardest of the hard. They got to get through it. No, you know, and if you're not getting through it, then you're not in there. So you're gonna have to get through it. Um, so I just hard graft is the key words that stuck out to me when speaking to them. It's like either you get through or you don't. Obviously, there's there's a uh, considerations to be made for different things, but yeah. it's it's hard graft at the end of the day. Um, make yeah. sure it's planned hard graft though not chaotic hard graft because even the army where it is chaotic there's still planning and considerations that are being taken into taken into con- things taken into consideration there you go um, obviously that sentence <laughs> yeah. wasn't planned um, but yeah <laughs> yeah I no. totally agree yeah for me I think the biggest takeaway f- 
I think the thing that I keep coming back to is just like, how do you support, at least in the role, within the roles where I'm with athletes is like, how do I support them as a sports scientist? And for me, it's, it's, it helped me be aware of some of the changes that might be going on and that there are changes that aren't always good mm-hmm. and it's hard. And, and how do I just relate to athletes that are going kind of through that time? Yeah. Yeah. I think for me it's helpful because there's nothing worse as like a sports scientist. You, you know, you might see athletes once in a while and there's some athletes that I work with quite regularly. So I know them, but yeah. there's some that I don't work with that well or not that well I work with them well, but I don't see them very often. You know, like there's nothing worse than just like saying something and just sticking your foot in your mouth because yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, like come in with super lots of energy. You're like, oh yeah, like how's like, have you had like great sessions or whatever? And they're just like, I feel awful. Yeah. Um, my running has felt terrible. I'm running slow. And the last thing I want to think about is having to compete in four weeks because I'm I feel miles off of where I think I should be, you know? That's when you have to double down. <laughs> well, yeah. well, look who's yeah. not going to make it then. <laughs> no, obviously not, obviously not, obviously yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. Surprise, you're racing this weekend. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just like, I guess, just being aware of the things that might be going on and, and, and how I can best support them. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else from that? I I've had a great time on this on this uh, on this series, and I, we chatted briefly about it before jumping on. You asked me like how we thought the series went, and if it's a good way to go forward. And I I said to you like hundred percent. Like what did and but what did you think? Yeah, no, I, I mean for personal reflection, as you'll see throughout the podcast, I started the first episode like this and speaking like this and then i finally got the hold of the mic and then the mic was in my face i was holding it here and then i've managed to get tape around the mic so the blue light's not in my face the camera was up (laughs) here and now i've finished strong where i'm holding the mic correctly and the camera's sort of got a better view legs still up yeah so we can um, yeah so we can see more than just your traps in your head yeah i mean and then and then oceans of space to to the top of the camera yeah yeah so there's been a good personal reflection but um yeah, no, that that that's it from me. Um, in terms of our next series, I don't know. Do we give a little teaser? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I was going to say, what do you get you when you mix a human and a horse, a hybrid <laughs> animal, a centaur? Anyways, that's the clue I've got. But <laughs> if you haven't got it from that, then you're just not going to get it. So you just got to listen. And yeah. if you did get it, you're probably fired up. So you're going to want to listen anyways in the new year. Yeah. Before we go, I had one thing because it's it's Christmas and it's the giving season. It's the giving. It's the season of sharing and the season of giving. I thought, do we do a little giveaway? Yes, we do. Do and this is what I thought. You can tell me if I'm nuts and if it won't work because we'll be the only ones doing it. But because it's the season of sharing and giving, what if we do a little CNP giveaway where? Mm-hmm. I don't know. We have to pick the dates, maybe from when this podcast comes out, right? So the 26th all the way till our next podcast, which right now is going to be the 16th of January. Whoever shares, whether it's a reel, whether it's a story, whether it's like links to our Spotify or YouTube the most, wins a prize, wins a little CMP bundle. So you share, we give. Can I enter? 
Uh, yeah, that's why I said we'll, we'll we'll be the only two entering. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, sweet. I just want to double check because I love CFP <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So from the twenty sixth of December to the sixteenth of January, dates might change depending. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For for one share, you get one entry, and whoever whoever shares the podcast the most we'll uh we'll record the we'll record the names of the spin and then yeah post the winner yeah exactly and if there's one a one all out winner then exactly you win so get to sharing for more entries really awesome yeah but uh yeah we we really appreciate you guys listening hopefully you enjoyed uh this podcast and the five definitely the five previous podcasts to this of our first series wintering um, and we're going to do more of these, hopefully just kind of bringing together athletes, coaches, sports scientists, sport practitioners, um, researchers, and just ch- chatting about kind of in, in five or six week blocks of one topic, which I think I liked it because it, it allowed my brain to be in like one area for five space, weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then, then I could really like, oh, well, that kind of reminded me of what this person said last week or whatever. So that was really cool. But. Yeah. Matt, do you have anything else? Merry Christmas. I hope you guys had an amazing Christmas day. I hope you guys got a bunch of good uh, products. Uh, CM, uh, uh, RSS podcast is free, so you don't have to pay or send it to anyone. You can send the link over for free if you want a Christmas gift to listen to us. Nah. Uh, Merry Christmas. I hope you guys have a great day. And yeah, wishing you all a happy new year. Absolutely. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy new year from us at the RSS podcast. Matt, take us out. This has been the RSS Podcast. We're out. (laughs) 